0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Yes, you do. You want it. You come back for it each and every day. And we're darn skippy that you do. It's Russell and Medhurst. It's a Wednesday. 9 to 12 we're here every day on the team 980 we're streaming live for free on the odyssey app take us everywhere you go within reason of course matt essig of course is answering the phones doing all the hard work please say hello to him when you call in russell's on the other side of the board i'm here you're there and we're glad to have you with us gonna Talk college football coming up at 11 o'clock this morning. Going to take a global view around the NFL and touchdown at 10. And, of course, spend some time here on the Commanders in this 9 o'clock hour as we get cranked up here on a Wednesday morning. Mr. Russell, I have to ask you one question. Yes, sir. Last night in between races, I go to the bathroom. In a stall next to me, there's a man.
2: Somebody taking a gigantic dump.
1: There's a man singing, whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, the Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., I've got to be me. Was that you singing in the bathroom stall next to me last night?
2: (laughs) I can confess. Sauces tell me that uh, that was not me. Uh, I was busy doing the Lockdown Commanders podcast and watching the Nats and the Braves and then Pete doing the unthinkable I think I fell asleep at ten thirty. Wow,
1: inside. that's a record for that's a yeah. record for the rooster.
2: And if I was at Rosecroft in Maryland, there's no chance I would have been able to get to bed by
1: 10.30. Oh no, you wouldn't have, pal, because um, our last race went off. It was close to eleven thirty last.
2: Night. Ouch, so, baby. So you're fine. you're hurting a little bit tonight. I'm I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually, actually I'm like actually like spry for, for somebody that doesn't get a whole lot of sleep because you have thousands of jobs thousands upon thousands of jobs, you rarely complain that you're tired. That's exactly right.
1: You know why? Because no one cares. You know why, Chris? They're tired, too. As we get cranked up this morning, though.
2: That's true, but a lot of people make sure they get their eight hours of sleep I... or they're hell on wheels. Well, you know what?
1: On my Wellatory app, I set my uh, sleep for seven hours. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I sleep for seven hours. Of course, I didn't meet that last night yes. uh, by the time I got home. Um I got to get something off my chest right off the top. Yes, sir. We talk about a lot of stuff on the show. We break down all the analytics of every sport. Obviously, we spend a lot of time on football. We spend a lot of time discussing the stars, the players, the people who win, the people who lose. And oftentimes, we're we're not going to agree. We're going to disagree on certain aspects. We're going to disagree on certain context of how we bring things to the table. If we mention that not turning the football over in a game is a key to helping win the game against a quality opponent, that's the context in which we're talking. Now, no matter whether you agree or disagree with anything we say, and Lord knows enough of you have disagreed with my co-host over the (laughs) 75 years he's been here in D.C., but there is never, never, ever, ever any reason to get personal about it. There is never any reason to use, as we like to say, the R word. Poke fun at Down syndrome. Because Chris's kid uh, has Down syndrome and crushes life with it every single freaking day. So it's okay to disagree. You may think Chris is trying to play some false narrative in this case, which he wasn't. We were simply talking about... How you can't turn the football over against a 2 0 football team that's scoring 150 points a game. But yet, one of you decided to take it to an incredibly, incredibly stupid level. And in that moment, if I could have reached through Twitter and choke slammed you, I would have done it. And it's just not necessary. It's okay to disagree with us, we're, we're big boys, we're fine, we're, we're exchanging sports opinions. We're not saying because you disagree with us, we're not calling you names. You know, we're not making fun of you, how you look, how you act. It's just, not, it's just not necessary. So it's fine to disagree with us. Please don't ever feel like you can't disagree with us because Lord knows we'll go back and forth with you, but we're not going to call you a name. We're glad you're disagreeing with us because that means you care about what we say. But to ever take it to a personal level like that, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if you ever listen to us. We don't need you because we got thousands of other people that listen and share great opinions each and every day, whether we agree or whether we disagree. So if you're going to take it to that level, I just assume you go down the dial and listen to the dude playing, you know, hits of the Edmund Fitzgerald in between saying the Commanders are playing Philadelphia this week. Now, <laughs> let's get you some Paul McCartney and Wings.
2: Uh, I, I mean, first, I, I'll just say this. I appreciate it uh, very much. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know. It's just it's Down syndrome necessary. has nothing to do with anything in any way, shape, or form, in any regard, whether it's me, my son, what have you, anyone else, uh, when it comes to sports arguments and whatever. Um, like you said, we try, I I know we do the dumb, dumb of the day. I got it. I I understand that, that, that that's designed to make you laugh at lunchtime. Okay. Just to celebrate some of the idiot. It's never personal about anyone here or anyone in our audience. Okay. It's designed a certain way. Okay. So I get that. Um, but to your point, to your overall point, and this goes far beyond anything with Down syndrome or any, a disability or anything like that, uh, like you said, we try and have spirited debates. Sometimes you and I disagree. Sometimes you and I go at it, right? And I don't think you're an idiot, and I don't think you think I'm an idiot, or whatever. <laughs> M- maybe sometimes you do. I don't know. I wouldn't blame you half the time. But my point being is like, we can all just... Like, Paulie and me, okay? We rib each other. We We jab at each other. As far as, for me, it's all in good-spirited fun. Absolutely. And right? I'm sure and it's exactly, Paulie way for well. Paulie. exactly. So that's what we're looking at. That's what we're talking about. Uh, t- unfortunately, Twitter, I-, I often call it a cesspool of life. I mean, it really, you know, Twitter, if you think about it, Pete, Twitter is becoming, not Twitter is becoming, fans in the stands are becoming essentially caricatures character, of Twitter. And 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 uh, just give me a one second to explain this. Over the weekend, we had a fan slapping at Kyler Murray, whether he made solid contact or not. It was in the middle of a celebratory thing. You still got to be careful, guys. You still can't act like an idiot, whether you're a Raiders fan, a Cardinals fan, excited, mad, whatever. Then we had people throwing beer bottles. Beer bottles or one person at least, throwing a beer bottle at Jimmy Haslam, the Cleveland Browns owner, right? Uh, We had a football player, Bobby Hart, suspended yesterday because he tried to throw a punch at a Tennessee Titan player and instead inadvertently hit a Tennessee Titan assistant coach over the head. You know, we all have to live in the same society. We all have to live in, in, in a world, right? Uh, where we have to try and get along to some degree on Twitter, on the radio, uh, in the stands, in crowds, in traffic. And I i know I've talked about some of the things that I get enraged about. I'm trying. I'm working on it. That's all I can do. I work on it every day. You know, we just got to have greater common respect for each other. Right. And, and decency uh, and understanding and patience. That's all. Um, and whether you know it's me, my son, whatever, wh- it's not even a part of the equation. Not even a part of the equation. I don't need anybody to feel bad for me because you think I have Down syndrome uh, and or, or offer a defense of me or an explanation of me because you think I have Down syndrome and you think that that's like some crippling thing. Uh, again, first of all, it's not even me. It's my son. And number two, my son's just fine. He's just fine. He works. He's a great young man. He's – I mean, if you spent any time with him, you'd absolutely love him. And I think everyone that has been around him, while he has his faults, you know, knows how cool Tyler is. So, anyway, I appreciate you. Um, I mean, it's just like – it's just
1: like, you know, my guy Tank Shottle down in Texas who's just an incredible ambassador for Special Olympics online and – you know he often talks about and, and i've told him all the time he always you know prefaces a lot of his tweets about being a person uh, being a person person with disabilities and i tell him no you have special abilities right and people people knock it out of the park every day despite some of the challenges that are thrown at them and 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 that's that's why i get so offended when people go that route because there are people that crush this Every single day and never, ever let it dampen their enthusiasm for life. And as you mentioned, Tyler and millions of others, every single day, people with special abilities go out and work, have a great time, have great friends, enjoy being with their friends. You know, we talked about, you know, Tyler going to the Hall of Fame game and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's just, again, we can argue, we can disagree, but the, The the name-calling to that extent and going over the line is just absolutely um, not necessary. What is necessary this week is for Jack Del Rio's defense to somehow have a pulse. And we have talked about two simple factions here, either being the players or the scheme. Right now, which one of them would you defend? Can you defend the players? Can you defend the scheme, or is there any defense for them at all right now through the first two games? Because just as that discussion yesterday on Twitter kind of got out of hand, it really overshadows the real issue here. The offense, despite a couple of hiccups on certain possessions, has done plenty to win both games, yet they sit here At one and one. Right. And as much as we want to get paralyzed talking about Carson Wentz. And being on pace for 60 touchdowns. And 25 interceptions. Or whatever the hell it is. 65,000 yards. That's not the issue here. The real issue here. Is whether this defense. Allegedly getting Cam Curl. Hopefully back this week. Cleared to practice. So it gets you one of your better players back on the field. Ultimately. Can they get their act in gear? And can you defend the play of any of them, the players, the coaches, the scheme in general, or is there no defense at all as they go in against one of the best offenses they're going to see all year long? And Chris, not only going to see them once, they're going to see them twice. Yeah. And if you want to accomplish your goals, this is
2: one of the teams that is standing in your way. So you're going to see them essentially twice in the first half of the season because that Monday night game is like right, uh, what, yeah. early November? you know I mean, which is, which is you know, weird right around the midway be, point, maybe game nine or yeah, whatever it is. Which is going
1: to be weird that you're going to be done with a significant yeah. division opponent by yeah. then. But at the same time, you catch a bad break because if Chase Young does come back in some form that we hope – you're real you're missing him you're missing the Eagles one time with him you're missing the Cowboys one time with him mm-hmm. and you're you're gonna maybe the second time you catch the Eagles you may just be getting Chase as he's getting into form right. so to speak so even if he does hit the ground running is the player you hope he is you still may not get him for the same number of snaps you might normally if he was 100% right. playing well uh, not on a snap count so to speak So you're playing a division foe twice at a time where you still, you know, don't necessarily have all your folks. The question is, we know Jack Del Rio is going to be the defensive coordinator the first time around. My question would be, is he going to be the defensive coordinator
2: the second
1: time around? Uh,
2: So there's a lot to unpack here. Basically, the question we're shooting for big picture view is, is there any defense of Jack Del Rio's defense? Okay, 301-230-0980. 301 uh, You can uh, fire off tweets at Pete Medhurst, at WrestleMania621. Again, we have no problem if you disagree, if you think we're nuts, if you just, dis- whatever, you know, do it respectfully at Pete Medhurst, at WrestleMania621, the radio station at Team980. Matt, what's your uh, crazy-ass Twitter? Uh, is it Mill Mill something or other? I forgot. People keep tagging you at Matt Essig because I think I did that one time because that would be the normal thing to do, and instead you threw me for a curveball. Mist- oh, Mill Mill is Joe Miller. That's I was thinking Joe Miller is Mill Mill something, right? He's
1: J O M I L M I L. yes.
2: Right, okay. I was thinking, I was I was confusing the, the, the fun Twitter handles. Uh, but that makes sense for Joe Miller. Yours is what, Mr... All right. Gotcha. I, I, all right, now I understand it. All right, so anyway, you want to throw out a tweet? Mr. Mr. Miyagi93. Yes, you want to include him on the handle? Go right ahead. But here's the deal. You mentioned Chase Young. There are many that think Chase Young is the best individual player that the commanders have on their defense, right?
1: Well, Even well if you, wait a minute. Let, let's stop right there. If healthy,
2: he should be the best player oh, on that defense. Because he was the number two overall pick should and, be. And, and whatever. Yes. Okay. So if you just use that as a salvo, as an opening salvo, he hasn't been available since midway through last year, right? And he's not going to be available, to your point – He's been out the first two games, going to be out at least the next two games. We'll see what happens after that. But he's going to miss at minimum two division games, including this Sunday against the Eagles. Um, when you also factor in that they have no Fedarian Mathis, second round pick out of Alabama, whether you like the pick, don't like the pick, doesn't matter. It was an important pick because, again, they soured for whatever reason they had on Tim Settle. They let go of Matt Ioannidis. Matt Ioannidis didn't want to be here anymore for many reasons. Nobody was saving the world just because of Settle and Ioannidis. They decided to go younger and invest in the draft and what have you, and then they lose Fedarian Mathis a quarter into the season. Um, you have Cam Curl, arguably your most versatile switchblade weapon, Out for the first two games, we'll see how much he can play this particular game, right? So, I I offer that as an opening, like, baseline for the argument that I'm about to make, which is, can I offer a defense for Jack Del Rio's defense? And the answer for me is yes, Pete. The answer for me is yes. It's always more about the players, in my opinion, than it is the coaches and the scheme. The players are the one that play and have to execute and have to tackle and have to be in the right gap and have to be sound fundamentally. We don't know what goes on in meetings and in practices because we're not allowed to see it. It's confidential. There's no way to know exactly what is being taught, how it's being taught, when it's being taught, what corrections are made. We only see the final product. We only see the visceral live product. Just because what you see on Sunday or Monday or Thursday night or whatever is choppy and rough doesn't mean that that's how it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or even Monday and Tuesday or Saturday or what have you. It doesn't mean it wasn't addressed. It doesn't mean it wasn't taught. It doesn't mean it wasn't broken down in simplistic terms. We don't know that. Players play. Coaches coach coaches do not make any tackles. They do not make any run fits. They do not cover anybody, period. So when I offer, again, a big-picture view of Jack Del Rio, I'm not a Jack Del Rio guy. I'm not here to defend Jack Del Rio as much as I am to say, and I think I've been consistent with this, you guys mostly blame Jack Del Rio for everything. Fine, that's being a fan. The responsible approach is to say, hey, can Jack Del Rio do things differently and better? Absolutely. Is Jack Del Rio 100% the problem? Hell no.
1: Every week at the podium, Ronald James Dio Rivera stands up there and tells us that from time to time, things like Jamin Davis needs to play better. The scheme is not the issue and it's to your point players play coaches coach however however the head coach and his staff have full autonomy to replace any of those players because they are the personnel people they chose not to replace any of those players they chose not to bring in any other significant defensive players In the offseason outside of the drafting of Federi Mathis and Percy Butler. So if the players that you have on hand are not the issue and you saw no reason to replace those players, then it has to be the scheme. Because what does Ron say? Play the scheme that we ask you to play. Do what we ask you to do. And as Jack says, we've got some independent contractors out there. If we've got some independent contractors out there, then replace them. So something's not kosher here. If you don't think you have to replace them, then maybe it's what you're asking them to do. That's the issue because they can't do it. If we're on the battlefield and I got a couple of independent contractors that leave the platoon in the middle of a firefight. Guess what? My people are likely going to get blown up. That's how this works. We're not going to be successful if I got eleven guys that have to do their job, and three of them don't. And I'm playing defense eleven. You know, eight on eleven. I'm going to lose more often than not. So, if the players don't need to be replaced, then it has to be the complexity of the scheme. That's hurting them right now because if the players stink, you replace them. That's how pro sports works. So if you keep running the same 11 dudes out there, maybe you got to ask them to defend in a completely different way. Maybe that will allow them to have more success because what you're asking them to do consistently is not working right now. And unless the Eagles fumble, throw interceptions, it's going to make your offense have to score literally 40 points this week. To get a victory and not that they can't do it, but any offense in this league that's asked to be perfect, almost every possession that they have, you're asking that you're asking an awful lot of that group because, oh, by the way, the Eagles defense is pretty good mm-hmm. under Jonathan Gagnon. Your thoughts on this. We see you lining up on the phones. We already see you hitting Twitter as well. Your thoughts, any def- any defense at all for the way this defense is structured and playing right now. 301-230-0980. Hit us up on Twitter at Russellmania621, at Pete Medhurst. And, of course, as you're driving around today, listen live for free when you get out of the car. Just put it on the Odyssey app. In addition to John Ridgeway, team has brought back Donovan Jeter, who they moved yesterday to make room for Ridgeway. Nolan Laughenberg goes on the IR to make room for Jeter. Jeter played last week. Yep. And I would imagine you're going to see potentially both guys this week with all of the carnage that we've seen along the defensive line, Chris. They have. They. they it, you don't want to do it. But they have to do it. They got to reduce John Allen's snap count yes. this week to make sure that that groin does not become a 17 week problem. Well, for this because team.
2: it's not only Fedarian Mathis, but it's also Daniel Wise, who's right. got a high ankle sprain, exactly. they think, which is generally anywhere from, it could be two to three weeks. Could usually be on the low end, it could be six weeks, yeah. maybe more. And Daniel Wise, you know, is a guy that I've always talked about, raved about, and what been team impressed likes by. Him? Uh losing him, Casey Two Hills in concussion protocol. Um you know, you mentioned Jonathan Allen, and I didn't even include Jonathan Allen in my injury spiel of no Cam Curl for the first two games. Obviously, no Chase Young for the first two, and moving forward, even uh more. Uh Jonathan Allen, of course, is a big part of that. Federian Mathis, I did mention him. And 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 that's you know, where where we're at, and we're gonna get to the calls at 301 in a sec. Uh, it, it might be a hokey question, not a Virginia Tech hokey question, Miss Aaron Miller, Uh, but it might be a hokey question. But is there any defense for Jack Del Rio's defense? And, Pete, I, I circle the wagons, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, which is my saying <laughs> – I am not here to defend Jack Del Rio and to pump him up and to be like, Jack Del Rio is the greatest defensive mind of all time. Here's what I know. In 2020, the defense was pretty damn good. Now, the level of competition was very, very, very suspect. But in 2020, it was pretty darn good, right, overall, all things considered. It had holes, but it was all pretty good. 2021, 2022 so far has been brutal. Ron Rivera pointed specifically at the big plays allowed as opposed to a systemic problem within the defense. Now, of course, that's a head coach with talking points. He's not going to necessarily put his defensive coordinator on blast, just like he's not going to place – Anybody on blast. And by the way, I didn't think Jack Del Rio put Jamin Davis on blast. I mean, by saying somebody played a so-so game and he was just okay and that he's going to get better and that he practiced a lot better than it is not putting somebody uh, on blast. That is not putting somebody uh, on blast. So uh, I would just say this, that Jack Del Rio, while he doesn't need me, doesn't care about me or whatever, all I'm here to do is point out that he's not 100% of the problem. Is he some of the problem? Absolutely. Is he most of the problem? Not in my opinion. Let's
1: go to our man Chad out in Virginia to start things off. What's up, Chad?
2: Yeah,
0: good morning, guys. Um, Just wanted to say, I mean, given the concerns, especially with Davis at linebacker ending the season, I mean, through the first two games, I just can't believe the team hasn't kicked the tires on Landon Collins coming back to play linebacker. So I don't know if that's a cap issue or what, but, you know, he had his struggles in coverage, but when they switched him into the box, I mean, he played pretty good
2: defense. So I got to jump, but uh, thanks. Yeah, Chad. Thank you. Appreciate it. I like that names come up on Twitter a lot. Landon Collins, yeah. obviously, because of Cam Curl's injury, I kind of understood it a little bit more with Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, and Bobby McCain, and Jeremy Reeves. Do you? I mean, and I'm asking you. I'm, I'm right. not sure. You know, here's the Do you think there's right. a need for Landon All Collins right. here? Here's
1: the comparison that's being made when it as it uh, 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 attains to Landon Collins. A lot of people think they played their more rep, the most reputable defense mm-hmm. of last year sure. when Landon was on the field. And what's the one thing we talk about that Buffalo nickel role that Landon can excel at?
2: Going downhill and attacking Going downhill the line of and
1: attacking the line of scrimmage,
2: which is theoretically to counter the the run gashes. The problem
1: the problem is is you know teams even like this week with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Who certainly do want to run the football? Don't don't free, don't think for one minute right. they don't. But they still like to throw to the backs. They still like to get a lot of you know conflict out in space, uh, you know near the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. with people, and that means Landon Collins probably still ends up in as soon as look as soon as they see Landon Collins on the field, they are audibleing into something yes. to get a mismatch. Involving him on a
2: wheel route, on a screen, or something. And to your point, the Eagles are not a. The, the Tennessee Titans, when they come here in week five, assuming that Derrick Henry is healthy and, and, and whatever their offense is, and we talked about 10, we'll get more into that in 10 o'clock hour. They are a more downhill, straight-at-you team. The Eagles are not a downhill, straight-at-you team. Of course, they can crease you in the middle like the Lions did on that one drive and on the DeAndre Swift big run. They can crease you in the middle. But they are an outside zone, perimeter, toss, get out in space, use your speed, get those offensive linemen, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, uh, others moving. They are not a run right at you. And and one of the areas that Landon Collins did struggle with – Besides coverage, which he was dreadful in. And he was awful with the Giants. And everyone should have known it. Nobody saw it. Whatever. Uh, I, I had my own issues with that signing. I thought I, Matt
1: hit the dump button on no, you. There for no, no, a minute. no, no. Because I, I,
2: I don't always want to bury Horowitz myself. I, but I remember the day they they agreed to terms with him. I was screaming that they way overpaid him because he's not good in coverage. Well, one of the other things that he struggled at consistently, and this he was not by himself, is tackling. And when you put somebody in space, to your point, they see Landon Collins as, oh, let's attack that because, A, of his past offense, B, because of his tackling. Uh, to me, this is just me. I would much rather have, much rather have, assuming that Cam Curl can be Cam Curl, maybe not this week, but hopefully by next week. I assume he'll play a, a package this week, maybe a Buffalo nickel package. I'd much rather have Cam Curl, uh, Bobby McCain, um, Derek Forrest, and Jeremy Reeves. One, two, three, four. Probably all of that over Landon Collins. I've got a Maybe that's a little too much. I want to get, get a couple point.
1: more of these calls in here, but I do have a question to hit after the break. Uh, as it pertains to what we're just talking about right there. Let's go to line one. Our man D-Dove is on the line. He wants to talk about those linebackers as Russell has just fumbled coffee all over his chest. Good Lord. <laughs> Excitable I, 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 boy, I, I, they all I mean, said, it, unbe- "One, It's
2: unbelievable. You put a cover on these cups and they don't cover anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, got, I've literally got, I spilled grape juice, sugar-free grape juice on my way in all over me and my car, and now I just literally poured about three ounces show, of coffee all over this me. This
1: show needs a visual element where people can watch on Facebook Live or Twitch just so we can see those great oh. moments in Russell and Medhurst history. Next
2: thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. <laughs> I'm going to call the damn chicken police on the stupid cup that I have.
1: Go ahead, D-Dub.
3: What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, baby? How hey. are you, man? Hey, look, man. I got two things to say. The defense, but I want to say this, man. I know our coaches are not stupid. They just look that way, son. I just want—I want you to answer I just want you to ask me one thing. Even on PlayStation, even the little kids in the in the first quarter when Wentz didn't have but a second and a half, maybe two, to throw the football, man. Why did they wait till halftime to roll him out? If they didn't did that in the beginning, we might have won that game. And number two on the defense. Man, the linebackers we got, man, they can't stop running water. Cold water at that. Man, that is crazy how they cannot stop the run. Everybody in the NFL will so that, and that's what they're going to do, man. they got to fix that. Appreciate you, man.
1: We got it. Appreciate Yo, you, Hoss. I mean, look, there's no question. And last week, part of the problem was, and and not to defend the linebackers, but The defensive line, for one of the few times, especially for Payne and and Allen, and Allen, as I I tried to explain to you, Mm -hmm. you got a groin injury, you can't get the same explosion which then costs you the opportunity to get leverage against your offensive line opponent. And that's how John a couple times got turned and was being driven down the field because we've never seen that happen to him. But when you you get the three-point stance, if you've ever played football, a lot of pressure is is in your upper legs and in that groin area. And for a guy that depends on that kind of explosion, he just didn't have it because he was playing
2: on guts last week. Jonathan Allen was playing on guts. That's it. There was one play that symbolizes everything that you've talked about all week and just now. I'll explain it to you on the other side, okay? You got About it. Jonathan Allen.
1: All right. Right now, the big fella tells us what's trending.
2: All right, the Commanders signing veteran center Nick Martin yesterday afternoon to help replace Chase Roulier, who was officially put on injured reserve. It is possible that he'll miss the rest of the year. John Keim of ESPN says they are waiting on the swelling to go down to get a second opinion and an exact timeline. Meanwhile, as Pete just mentioned, team officially bringing back Donovan Jeter rather, to the practice squad who they released after Sunday's game. He had played 18 snaps. They just signed him a week ago, putting Nolan Laufenberg on the reserve practice squad. Injured list. Meanwhile, congratulations too. Lions receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, also Eagles cornerback, Darius Slay, who comes here this Sunday at 1 at FedEx Field with the Eagles. And former uh, Washington NFL place kicker a long time ago, Graham Gano. They were named NFC Players of the Week for Week 2. St. Brown registering nine receptions, 116 yards, two touchdowns, two rushing attempts, 68 yards for the Lions in their Week 2 win over the Commanders. And to a tongue of Ioloa with the Miami Dolphins winning the AFC Offensive player of the week. Good weekend for the Tungabailoa boys in Maryland. Talia leading the Terps to a 3-0 and start Saturday night against SMU and then two of the next day in Malmore, Hun, with the epic comeback. And that's what's trending.
1: We're used to seeing John Allen play exceptional football here in D.C. It's one of the reasons why he's a leader on this team. But even injuries make players look mortal out there. And we saw that's what happened to John Allen last week. Dude's trying to play through a groin injury because he wants to be out there with his guys. That's what football players do. It's what athletes do. Athletes and people in business. Look, you know, uh, until COVID came along, if we had sniffles, we made sure we came into work. Now, if you have sniffles, they want you to stay as far away from work as you possibly can be. Uh, Right now, but but with 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 athletes and competitors, people that are competitive, if they can walk, they want to be out there. That's what John Allen. That's what John Allen does. And I just think last week because of that groin, we didn't get the best of John Allen. And, you know, that's why Chris at times last week. He looked like a mortal football player. Yeah,
2: so I, I teased something uh, at the end of the break, and I don't know if this is the same play that Ben Conti, uh, one of our great pals uh, and 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 P1s, uh, is referring to, but Ben offered – there was a play where Jonathan Allen was pushed like a blocking sled about 10 yards down the field. I think it's the same exact play that I'm talking about. Pete, this was like – maybe a two- or three-yard run. It wasn't a big run. It was right in the middle. They were gashed time and time and time and time and time again in the middle. This was not that play. But there was a big pile up, and Jonathan Allen, of course, number 93 of the commanders, he got pushed out of the pile, and literally you could see on the field turf, which, again, is not the same as regular turf, got it, where his leg, his right leg, goes out from him and he's sliding along the field because he's being pushed out of the play and out of the pile so hard and where he can't get the leverage and the pop, like to your point where he can't get his footing possibly because of the groin, right? I think it was his right leg. Maybe it was his left. whatever leg the, the the groin injury is. Uh, and, and it just struck me as, Oh my God, he's going to further damage that watching that one play. Two, wow! He can't get the leverage that he absolutely needs to get to anchor and to hold right. up. Even though it was a somewhat rather innocent play. Again, and that's I've,
1: been my point. The, that was my point the whole time in watching him last yeah. week and describing what was happening. Well, yeah, and
2: you've been on that.
1: If from you can't in, in, in the trenches, offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. if you can't win the leverage battle, yeah. you can't win. I mean that's that leverage battle and getting that first punch up underneath. Right. What what's the one thing we talk about all the time? That offensive lineman when offensive linemen gets stood up,
2: you got to get low and,
1: and are and are standing straight up. They are vulnerable. They get run over. Yep. Okay? Yep. That's why you've got to win that leverage battle, and the defensive lineman that can get up under that uh, offensive lineman and stand him up wins those battles 99% well, of the time.
2: In order to get your hands in the right position, that's one part of it, but then you have to be able to drive right. and anchor with your legs, right? That is the fundamental core to your base. And that, that play may be more symbolic in nature than anything, but that play... To me in my memory bank, and I remember watching it live because I was on the air doing the show with Denton at the time. I was like, oh my god, like i have never seen that out of Jonathan right. Allen. Thank and I never, you that's know, that's exactly right. Um, then there was another play, and I just tweeted it. Uh, Mark Tyler, uh, who does a great job of Hogshaven, uh, breaking down all the tape. I like Mark. Um, you know, you do, we, we all see things differently or whatever, but. He uh, tweeted this particular play. Remember the DeAndre Swift 50-yard run where he lines up to the right of Jared Goff or the handoff is to the right of Jared Goff, uh, and and DeAndre Swift then cuts back a single cut to the left. Mm-hmm. So basically against the green, Jerron Payne is completely shoved out of the way, completely occupied, completely mauled by the right guard out of his uh, point of attack, you know, Paulie, Paulie had this one wrong. Uh, I disagree with Paulie on that. He yelled at me yesterday. I still disagree with him. on that. Anyway, I went back and I watched that play just now. Pete, eight players. Eight Washington commanders were within four yards, including Kendall Fuller, who was at corner, at right corner, but was aligned in a tight bunch to the line of scrimmage, meaning he was not in his traditional, you know, wide coverage corner spot. I wouldn't say he was in the slot, but he it was a tight bunch because it was a run formation. Mm-hmm. They were clearly expecting run. They had seven natural mm-hmm. linebackers and defensive line. Four defensive line, three linebackers, and Kendall Fuller. Eight defenders within four yards of the line of scrimmage and in the traditional box area. Eight. And nobody touched them. Yeah. Nobody touched DeAndre Swift. Kendall Fuller took a terrible angle. Cole Holcomb over-pursued on the on the action to the right side before the cutback by DeAndre Swift. Eight players. You Like, I can blame Stop Jack right Del Rio for a lot of things, in but theory, I can't blame him for
1: that. In theory, if you've got a good running back like that and you think you've got the play diagnosed perfectly, which they did, they knew it was a running play. Right. They got eight guys there. You think, in theory, you're stopping that play.
2: Right. So how does that happen? Is that scheme or is that team? Well, that's what I'm saying. I want to say, well, it's just scheme. I mean, you should have put 11 guys in the box.
1: Well, then golf audibles and throws right. it to Monra St. Brown the, and he, he beats over the but top. But that's
2: my point, is how many more guys in the box do you want to put? Yeah. How many more guys expecting run do you want to put? How many more tendencies do you want to say, hey guys, hello, woohoo, DeAndre Swift is going to probably run here. There's a 75% chance he's going to run, so we're going to put seven natural in the box and Kendall Fuller in a tight split.
1: Let's go to our man Boogie here. Boogie agrees with me. I'm always going to bring people that will agree with me to the
2: phone. What's up, Boogie?
3: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? The Boogie Man.
2: How about that?
3: All right. Hey, Chris, uh, uh, quick, quick note. Um, I sent you the thing on Twitter yesterday what Jamin Davis had put up, but he took down. He was based yes. from on the movie Django Unchained.
2: Uh, you know, I, know I, I sure. saw that, but we, we had talked about it yesterday during the 11 o'clock hour. I right. didn't know the movie, so it's Jenga, Jenga Unchained? Is, is that what it was? Jenga? Yeah, yeah okay. with Jamie
3: Fox. Jamie Fox was the lead okay. in that movie. I got so, you. So, uh, okay, Pete, or Pedro, as Chris would call you, <laughs> I totally agree with you because my thing is, looking at these coaches and watching us play, we get talent. But we don't let – the coaches don't coach to the talent of the players. You can name so many coaches in the NFL that adapt what they're doing to their personnel, i.e. Andy Reid, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Parcells, uh, Lawrence Taylor, even the Cowboy now, Michael Parsons. You don't see him in the same spot every time the ball is down. He's all over the place. So the coaches adapt to their personnel. And you guys have touched on it before, square peg, round hole. They – And for us to have two linebackers, coaches, former linebackers as coaches, and have the linebacker personnel that we have, it speaks to a large degree that they don't have a clue. In my eyes, the game is passing by. I have nothing against them personally because even you're taking a third and fourth situation, third and five, even before the ball is snapped, our corners are already five yards off the line of scrimmage from receivers. I'm going to kill you with slants all day. And then when you come up, I'm hitting a double move, and now I'm behind you. You know, so I don't think it's so much the players, although they have a part, but if I had to place the blame, I'm blaming it more on the coaches than on the players, because you all are putting me in this situation. You're not playing or coaching me or letting me play to my ability. Jamin Davis is not a bad linebacker, but what they're trying to get him to do, you got to stop and think if I've since little league, if I've been playing this way all the way up until I'm 21, that's a habit. That's nature. So, let me play to my ability. You can't change me and expect me to be this superhero in two seasons. And if you knew this going in, even with the linebackers you had with Holcomb and Mayo, why not address that during the offseason? Even just like you guys said about when Matthias went down. They go bring somebody off the practice squad. This player is on the practice squad for a reason. Why not bring in the likes of Indama or some other guys that you all named last week when uh, Matthias went down? Yep. So that's my take. Pete, I'm with you. Boogie, appreciate Chris you. you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Boogie.
1: Have, have a good one. And, and there's no question, you know, there guys are on the street for a reason. Guys are on the practice squad for a reason. And if you're serious about winning, if you're serious about winning, and you must, you must come with quality against Philadelphia, and even Dallas showed us some guts this week, that you're going to have to come with some quality against them. And, oh, by the way, Brian Dable has the Giants on the move. you got to fight quality with quality. And I'd call in dominic and Sue and say, hey, are you interested in playing? Because I need the best possible people to try and beat those three teams in my division. Right now, it would certainly not appear that they're in form on the roster to be able to do that right now. Touchdown at to 10 is next right here on the Team 980, the Odyssey app.